Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Uh, good morning, Alan. Good morning, listeners. Yeah, I know Paul was being a bit, let's say, economical with the truth. I mean, he basically said that um, that our budget, he had no idea how we'd finance it, which I find that rather strange because his own Department of Finance fully costs our budget every year. And even the top economist in that said that, that, you know, we can balance the budget just the same, but just do it in a much fairer manner and not to be hitting the large section of the population that gets hit all the time. So he knows that. He threw in about a land tax as well, about farming. He knows very well that we, we there's none of there's, that's not in our proposal whatsoever. We put that to bed a long, long time ago. Paul knows that as well, um, but so I don't know why he'd say that. Um, there was supposed to be a deficit this year, what they're expecting, but they're actually, as Mary Lou pointed out uh, a few days ago on, on the programme here, Alan, um, five million, five billion, sorry, extra what we have this year that we didn't think we would have. So there is that money there at the moment. Uh, yeah. As I say, the document, the, the Sinn Féin budget, alternative budget is, is fully costed. Uh, Pierce Doherty has done a huge amount of work on outlining how it would be financed, including wealth taxes, etc. Yeah. Uh, those on maybe over 100, 150 grand paying a small bit more, uh, not very much more, but just a small bit more. Mm-hmm. And he was able to basically balance the books, but just do it in a much fairer manner. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, um, Paul uh, knows that, so I'm surprised he's, he's misleading the listeners. Well, look, you, you've given your response on that issue, but as I, as I put it to him about the fact that they, and he was very confident about the, the winning of the vote, the polls, if, if it went to the polls at the moment, and even the listeners are saying as well, like Mike has said, it's not the vote of no confidence in the doll that matters, it's the vote of the election that matters, and the people will not forget, according to Mike, he believes this is the worst government in the history of the state. Uh, they don't work for the people of Ireland, but look after everyone else, and that's the cause to Mike. But look, again, the polls will indicate at the moment that Mary Lou Macdonald's popularity is riding at 43%. So sometimes these polls are not 100% right. Do you think in hindsight, Mary Lou was wrong to go with that vote and should have waited till September? Uh, no, I think she was right to go with it. I mean, just, it was just the way it worked that, I mean, the government, as they do, they're able to buy some independence, whatever, maybe they'll get extra tar on their local road or whatever, but whatever way they have of, of I mean, I know Michal Martin was frantically uh, calling independents and calling TDs over the weekend, trying to get the numbers together. So, I mean, they managed to get their numbers, but I mean, they have lost the confidence of the people. They may have won the vote, but I mean, they have lost the confidence of the people. And uh, I mean, as you pointed out, Alan, I mean, Finnegade are at 18% now, I think below us down to when John Bruton was uh, Taoiseach back in 1994. So, I mean, it seems to be only going one way. And I mean, he's talking about the particular constituency. A lot of the constituency that people who may have traditionally voted Fine Gael and they thought that Fine Gael was representing their interest, even yeah. the farming community, they can see now that Fine Gael doesn't represent their interest, neither does Fine Fall. I mean, what people like Matt, Car- Matt Carty is saying in terms of agriculture is very much resonating with the farming community. Yeah. So, I mean, Paul would... And Fionn Tall, I'm not going to get into a political row today because I, I need to have the parties here to, to discuss yeah. in detail, but what I witnessed at the, the tent yesterday was, far from what you've just described there, there were dozens of people around both the Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael tents, and t- to many people within the community, they are their parties, and it's going to take a massive push from Sinn Féin to try and switch the vote. But Fionn Tall, we'd pass that for the moment and get back to it at a later date but let's look at the back yep. to school motion that was passed on Monday. What's your view on this please? What happened? 
Um, well, basically, we, we passed the motion, which was very good, and I want to thank my council colleagues for that. Was basically, we called for a number of things. It called for, firstly, for the back-to-school allowance to be extended to include middle-income families uh, that would target those on a household income of, say, 80000 or less. Say, for instance, a family, say, with one child in school and who would have a total income, uh, household income, say, of six twenty per week, which would be below the average wage quite a lot, uh, they won't qualify for anything. So, I mean, you have that massive section of the population. I suppose we've often referred to the Malin as the, the squeezed middle or the working poor who never get any benefits, uh, who are just always above the threshold for any type of benefit uh, or social housing support or anything like that, basically, back to school allowance. Uh, those people are really suffering. and Those people are coming into Sinn Féin offices and coming to Sinn Féin politicians regularly, basically saying that they, they're having a difficulty putting food on the table. Uh, you know, the price of groceries were the second most expensive in the Eurozone. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're having, obviously, with fuel, with, with basically everything, even farmers in, 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 with fertiliser almost trebling. Uh, a bakery, like, with, with a sliced pan, as Johnny Maiden pointed out the other day, Okay. For a sliced pan, like a basic yeah. food stuff for school lunches. All right, so so you believe this is a major step forward then. You're, are you happy with the decision to support? Uh, I'm happy with the motion, but I wasn't happy with the, what the, the government didn't go far enough. Okay. Now, they did. I'd like to welcome the fact that they took on board some of our proposals and was about... 10 TDs spoke on this last week, including Johnny Maiden. Uh, they took on board to increase the, the clothing and footwear allowance by €100, Euro, uh, the bus fees as well, and the school meals to expand it to certain dish schools. But we asked for much more than that. We asked for, like, that there should be a fully free school book scheme. And I suppose to, to work towards that, uh, to work towards the elimination of fees in school transport. Yeah. Um, also to work towards... Alan, uh, the school uniform is a massive source of cost. Uh, there's a, a huge amount of irregularities with that uh, in terms of the cost of it and pe- things having to be bought in a certain shop. Uh, the voluntary contribution system, yeah. which is basically anything but voluntary, I mean, that's like the summer should be a time when, when families are resting, whereas at the moment uh, they're under huge stress thinking about okay. how are they going to afford the extra 1,000 or maybe 1,500 euro if you have a secondary school student for September. So that that's a massive source, source of concern. All right, Fionton, stay with me, please. And again, it's something we can discuss mid-August, late August and, and, and get all parties because I'm sure that would make for a very interesting debate as well. I'm joined by Fianna Fáil Councillor Joe Sullivan. Good morning to Joe. Good morning, Alan. And Fionton is still with me. You can say good morning to him as well. Good morning, Fionton. Right. Um, it's been a fairly volatile Friday morning, that is for sure. Um, there is another aspect that Fionton wanted to bring up with me today, and I'll give, let, let him say it and then get your response, Joe. Uh, Fionton, can you just very briefly talk to me about the affordable housing motion passed also at Monday's council meeting, please? Yeah, it was basically, Alan, we, we passed it to basically to, to ask for Wexford to be added to the government's affordable housing fund list. Uh, basically, back in late April, uh, the government published uh, a list of 18 counties where they determined to be in need of affordable housing. Now, Wexford wasn't included on this, uh, so the, the motion basically asked, expressed our disappointment to the, the Minister and the Taoiseach and asked for it to be included. Now at the moment there's a KPMG uh, survey which is being undertaken uh, on a town by town basis in County Wexford yeah. and uh, that, when, this, when the data comes back on that 
uh, basically we are hoping we will be added to the list of counties because obviously uh, housing isn't affordable in North Wexford. All right, uh, Joe, you, you're very strong on this issue as well. Your response to what Fionton has raised, because you constantly raise housing issues with me as well. Yes, yes. I was just on Monday, Alan, like, what, what, what I totally agree with the motion that Fionton brought. I just did ask him on Monday if he could defer it to September till we have the findings of the KPMG uh, report so that he would actually give us more strength because from my interaction with the people in housing here in Gorey, there is a huge need for affordable housing in Gorey. So I would hope that that would be reflected in the KPMG report so it would give us more strength when we go to the minister. That's all, you know. Okay. I'm on the same page as Fionton with this. Anyone that's alive in North Wexford at the minute knows that housing, housing and housing is the, is the major issue in this area, social and affordable. Speaking of which, it leads me on to the visit I made to Ballyboy, not far from Ferns, up around Tom Brack. Uh, and to be fair to Deputy Paul Kyo, uh, he was speaking to me yesterday uh, at the Killag and he said he had visited and he was very much aware of it and he will be following up on it. I just want to re- refer to Deputy Paul Kyo, who asked me to clarify that he was at that house and is keeping a watchful eye on it. Joe, you brought the story to my attention. I believe your fellow councillor, Barbara Ann Murphy, brought it to the council's attention. Uh, you listened back to the piece that we broadcast the, the other day and we heard from Nick and we heard uh, from Sean and we heard from Rachel and I've heard from a lot of people afterwards. Is this going to be a major breaking story about Pyrite and County Wexford, do you think? Are there many more houses out there like this? Well, there, there are indeed other houses, Alan, and I have, I have visited other houses in County Wexford who have similar problems. It, it, it is a horrendous position that the Murphy family find themselves in, that they're in the home, as Sean said, it was their forever home, and now it's crumbling around them. Like, you know, every one of us, the one major investment in our life we will make is the family home. And to buy your family home, set up your family, and then the next thing it starts falling on top of you. Uh, we, as a county council and, and the government, have a responsibility to work with those people to ensure that they are not out of pocket as a result of the, the situation they find themselves in now with pirates, pirates and yeah. like affecting their homes. All right, so what, what happens now? Because if you listen to the tape, I, I found Sean, Nicholas and Rachel to be extremely well balanced in the term that they weren't, they weren't linking in with me to stir things up. They took their time before they invited me to the house. They spoke in a very moderate, measured way, but they also showed their, their, their major concern for this issue. And like, just imagine, Joe, if you've invested 10 whatever years in your mortgage and all of a sudden your house is worthless, you're looking at passing it on as your inheritance to your children and this dream has been taken away from you this is scandalous joe well it, it, it is and and it's it what it what is really disturbing at the minute it appears to be nationwide now initially this was concentrated in the donegal and mayo areas now clare and limerick have been added and we have instances in wexford so you're, you're going from the the western seaboard shall we say uh, on the northwestern down to the southwest and across to the eastern. Yeah. So I, I'd imagine that there is going to be further 
instances of this around the country in other counties. So I think what the government should do, rather than go and piecemeal county by county, they should bring in a national redress uh, scheme to cater for any houses affected by this nationwide. Are you going to lobby the likes of James Brown and Senator Malcolm Byrne and these people, Minister Brown, uh, because, uh, I mean, it was stated quite clearly that they want all Oireachtas members to get behind the, the, the call for people in County Wexford who could be affected. Are you prepared to do that, Joe? I am indeed, Alan, and, and I would put out a call today for our six Oireachtas members to get firmly behind okay. this because, like, you know, you, people might say, oh, it's only one, two, three isolated cases. But if it's your house, it's not isolated. It's right. very much on your your own. It's in your own house. So, right. like, you know what I mean? It, it no, has to uh, be dealt with. And our Oireachtas members have to get behind. That's fair enough. I, I got to wrap it up, but I do want to get... I asked Fionton to stay on the line just to give a comment uh, on his perspective as a councillor and also from his party, if he can. What's your view on this? Have we got a potential pyrite problem here in Wexford, a mica problem? Um, we have, Alan, and I would ask people if they to lodge complaints with the National Building Control Office, the NBCO, because, I mean, um, as you know, Ono Brin has been raising this for years, the, the issue of pyrite and mica, and I mean, he's, he even has a book written on it called Defects, an excellent book, I must say, uh, which is subtitled uh, Living with the Legacy of the Celtic Tiger. So this was, it was a Celtic Tiger problem, uh, basically. And if you look at the geological surveys of the, of the country, yeah. uh, across Wexford, you can see that there is a rock type which would be uh, where, where there would be higher pyrite or mica. So it is quite likely that there would be other houses available right. and that, that, that would have this problem. So I would ask, I suppose, the council to ascertain the level of the problem. Uh, just as, as Nick pointed out and Sean and, De- and De- Dennis the last day, and then to contact the NBCO because there has to be the same redress scheme uh, for homeowners in County Wexford as there has been committed, say, for Donegal because yeah. it's not just a Donegal pro- uh, problem. It, it, it seems to be a problem anywhere with that particular type of rock with pyrite or mica. So it very much is a Wexford problem. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.